right, welcome in everybody. This is the Philly Experience Podcast. My name is Max Gretzel, joined by Tyre Hood and Tanner Gilmartin. Back with you another episode this week, coming off a huge win against the Detroit Lions. We really just absolutely destroyed them. Not surprising to some, definitely surprising to others. For me, at least it was a little surprising. I thought it would be a little bit closer, but nonetheless, I hear you. the Lions just did not come to play whatsoever. So we got to roll with that to start with. But I want to ask you guys as well later on, the Sixers obviously in full swing of things now early on in the season without Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid. His knee's been bothering him. He just had a recent MRI. Didn't show any structural damage, so he's just going to continue to keep rolling with it. Um, and overall speaking, I will say this too, even though no one cares. See, what am I going to say? You're going to talk about fantasy, aren't yeah. you? No, no, no. Ugh. I'm going to talk about the Flyers. Oh. The Flyers. Yeah, are they're off to a solid start. About the Flyers. Yeah, they're off to a solid start in the season. Okay. So yeah. Just wanted to get that All quick. Right. Quick message in there real quick. Right. But, of course, you know what we're starting with. We're starting with the Eagles and the Detroit Lions here. Um, the Eagles go into Detroit. They put up, what, 44 points. They really just dominated from start to finish. The offense, the ground game finally came to fruition. The, the fans have been wanting to pound the table for the run, and they finally got it. Um, Miles Sanders, all of a sudden, he's hurt. He's on IR. Jordan Howard comes off the practice squad because of that, steps up in a big way. Two touchdowns on the ground. It's about damn Jordan time. Howard as well. Or, excuse me, Boston Scott as well. Uh, gets the job done with two touchdowns of his own. So I guess to start with, we want to mention about the game and everything that went into it. But going forward, you you hope that's something we can expect as you know the midway point of the season starts to you know we get over that hump and also the trade deadline as well later on today, uh, four o'clock here on a Tuesday. You know what? If if anybody thinks that the Philadelphia Eagles are going to be buyers and sellers, they're not doing a damn thing today. They're just not. The Philadelphia Eagles are not doing anything, okay? It's as simple as that. There's no – I'm sorry. I'm sorry to burst everybody's bubble. I'm sorry to disappoint everyone. But at the end of the day, the Philadelphia Eagles are not going to do a damn thing today at the trade deadline, all right? I know the rumors came out about Fletcher Cox and the fact that he may be moved and things of that nature. Uh -uh. Move him. Move his ass out of here. You say that, that ain't happening. It's not. Whatever. Whatever. I, I, I hate the disappointment. Should be moved the hell out of here. Well, he's aging. Um, you can get you get a high pick for him too. Right I, now, you, mm. the way he's been playing, I mean, the the market's sort of. If you tell declined. me, if you tell me you can only get a six round pick for him, I wouldn't do it. But right, I, I think right now would be the time to to move from Fletcher Cox. I agree you with still you. Get the most. I what, agree with what you. What did the Broncos get back in the Von Miller trade? What rounds? Anybody know? Fifth rounder. Um, not a, off the top of my head. Is that a fourth? Fourth or fifth rounder? Yeah. It's not great. Not great. But my no. whole point is. Well, listen, ahead. also the Broncos are paying six, the, the remaining six million of his contract wow. as well. That surprises me. And also a report came out that the Rams intend to keep him long term moving forward. So it's not just going to be a one-year rental or just a short-term rental. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they do plan on trying to um, restructure his contract and they're trying to make him um, a focal point in their team. Look, once again, if you if you if any delusional fan out there thinks that after we completely destroyed and emasculated the Detroit Lions that the Philadelphia Eagles should be buyers, you're kidding yourselves. Well, why aren't they sellers and why are we staying pat? Now that's a good question honestly because you kind of should be trying to stack up as much as you can and some of these veterans, I do agree, they got to go. Some of these veterans just yeah. got Go and Max on the um, the Von Miller trade. The Broncos traded um, Von Miller to the Rams, obviously, f- 
for two second day 2022 draft picks. So yes. two second day, that means either third, third, third seven. through seven. Yeah. 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 Look, um, I'm sorry. There's no. Wait a second. I, I misspoke. I misspoke. It's third. Two or third. Second yeah. or third round pick. So this is first round, night mm-hmm. one, night two, second or third, and then fourth or right, seven. That's right, my apology. Right. I apologize. Yeah. Yeah, you just you just messing all kinds of the way up. Yeah. What's, what's wrong with you? I'm, I'm I mean, we're trying to understand why the Broncos gave Von Miller up for not a lot, and they're willing to pay well, the rest of his contract. See, what, if, what if it comes out two second round picks? That's not bad. It's like two second day. It could be second or third round. True. And I'm so, sure there will be more details Broncos, about it right when the show ends. And I'm the sure. Broncos suck, too. So you expect. The Broncos are going to be a, a selling team. A lot of other teams are going to be in contact mm-hmm. with the Broncos, just really just taking everything that's on the shelf. The Broncos have some – their quarterback's not great, obviously, Teddy Bridgewater, but they have some pieces. You know, Melvin Gordon's had a solid year. Javante Williams looks to be a promising young running back. And then you look on the outside, they get Jerry Judy back from – IR, and they also have Cortland Sutton. No offense there as well. This is what happened with the Broncos. The plan was to have, was it Paxton Lynch to take over for Peyton Manning? Right. I I believe it was Paxton Lynch who went to, I believe it was the XFL, and he was the backup to P.J. Walker for the the Roughnecks. Okay. If I, I'm just completely. I don't know if this. Is, <laughs> I'm pretty sure this is all true. But so, <laughs> he's pretty sure. So <laughs> Paxton Lynch. There goes Arlfont of was supposed to be set up to be the franchise quarterback after Peyton Manning left town. And mm-hmm. the reason the Broncos have every season trouble at the quarterback position is because Paxton Lynch did not hit. He sucked. Yeah. And ever since then, it's been Trevor Simeon, right? Terrible. Yep. And Drew Locke, um, terrible. Drew Locke, who just was not successful right. in this. Brock league. Osweiler, terrible. Yeah. Brock yeah. Osweiler, like he took a lot of money from the Texans. Yeah, he robbed. I think it was like seventy-one million dollars because of that, the, the playoff play. I believe that's yeah. that's what really brought him to fame. But the Broncos are in a bad position, and what they're looking for now is to get high draft picks so that they can fix this organization. And it's not going to be right away. John Elway is no, trying to make not. moves. Um, I, I think sometimes he puts his opinion too high up there and kind of screws over the organization in a way. But uh, they're definitely – I wouldn't even say they're in rebuild mode now. They're in sell-all mode right now, and then later comes rebuild mode. They have to get those draft picks first. Well, you've got to. I'm, I'm sorry. Like You're not going to go anywhere with Teddy Bridgewater. Like You're just not. I'm sorry. You're not going to get anything accomplished with with Teddy Bridgewater, and that offense is really putrid. All right, you really don't have a run game. Your defense outside of outside of Von Miller, who was for the most part didn't really play this year, was in shambles. You really didn't have anything to hang your hat on with this team. So yeah, you're going to have to start from start from scratch. And I do agree with you. I think John Elway is one of those managers that you know over manages the game and over manages the team. Like sometimes to way too much of to an extreme, and, and it's it's really a shame. It's almost with the situation back here where we talk about it week after week, where there's rumors, you know, there's rumors out there that maybe Jeffrey Lurie might, is getting way too involved with the team and things of that nature. And it's it's a shame, it's frustrating to a certain extent, but you know it. I mean, what can you do, honestly? Like, what can you do? Like it is. I look once again. If y'all think for one second that the Philadelphia Eagles should even entertain guys like uh, Jalen Smith, who was released today, or if 
The Philadelphia Eagles should trade for an Odell Beckham Jr. You're kidding yourselves. No, all right. Max, are we on the same page here? We should entertain a Jalen Smith pickup. Yeah. No. Why not? Take See, it'll cost you. There's not. Months. It's not. It's because this team is better. Than, who's better, him or Eric? Because the, but this team is not competitive. Yeah, but you why would Jalen Smith come to a team like like the Eagles right well, in their current just situation? Got released by Dallas, he just got released by the Packers. Somebody, I will say, there has to be a reason, right? That the Cowboys were it was so easy for them to just drop him. You have to say their linebacker yeah. depth is full. Money came in, but for the Packers to just drop him I like agree. that too, it, uh, that makes me think there's a locker room problem. Another quick note here: the new general manager hired back in January for the Broncos actually George Patton. John Elway stepped away. Uh, after he continuously failed to pick <laughs> yep, a new see. quarterback. Uh, it's funny because being one of the best quarterbacks of all time, he couldn't find a successor to Peyton Manning. Still struggling with that. Teddy Bridgewater, I'm sure, is just uh, you know, a plug-and-play for right now, but they'll find their main guy. Yeah, eventually. pretty much. Brady, Brad Bridgewater's not the main quarterback. He's just not. He's not. I mean, they've had tons of opportunities. Yeah. We're talking like Patrick Mahomes. Could have gone to the James Broncos. Winston. Yeah, there's uh, Dak Prescott. Hell, you, you put James Rogers in the trade. James up there, doing decent until he just tore his ACL. Yeah, but uh, yeah. after the season, yeah, yeah. This, yeah, but this man still holds the record for like most interceptions for the most interceptions. Thirty, right? Like, that, that eye surgery he got apparently helped him out a little yeah, bit. The man's gonna have a whole ESPN special like named after him just for that specific season. Like, listen, listen, ridiculous. nonetheless, nonetheless here. I want to talk talk about the defensive schemes that we were mentioning off the, off the air, T. All right. We were, we were mentioning last week's show uh, about the defensive schemes, and you're saying they're just sitting in a zone. They're not doing anything different, and that's yeah. why they're getting picked apart. But this yep. week, they give up six points, and their defense looked a lot better. So how about you tell the audience what you saw differently? I know you mentioned some man, man-to-man coverage as well in there. So, yeah, the entire defense as a whole changed. Like, their approach to the way they play defense, it completely changed. Like, instead of the linemen just sitting up there taking up blockers, they were actually attacking the gaps. They weren't playing for the actual men, the actual linemen. They were playing for the gaps, which was very encouraging to see. As you, That's why you've seen an explosion of sacks from, you know, you know I think Fletcher Cox had one, Josh Sweat had two, um, Milton Williams, the third round draft pick, gets his sack. This is the Lions' offensive line. But I'm, I'm getting to that. I'm, I'm, I'm getting to that. And you know, on to the linebackers, where they did, they did a little switcheroo at linebacker. They played Davion Taylor and they played, um, they played T.J. Yeah, Edwards, yeah. which was it, it. It was cool. That was you saw a change, and you actually seen decent linebacker play. And the corners, they played press coverage and. You know, they mixed up the coverages, and it seemed like Jonathan Gannon gets it. But as Tanner alluded to, and this is the part where I'm I'm scared and I fearful and I'm fearful of and I've been and I've been saying and I've been saying to fans, you know, on and off the air at this point, this is the this is the fucking Lions. Like how much like how much of this like how much of this game do you really take stock in? How much of this game do you say, Oh wow, this coaching staff really gets it now to the point where you're like I'm sorry. They just haven't earned my trust yet. It's we're only on, been a week. We're on the same page with that. Right. Are you on the same page here? I just want to say I am. I was on the same page, but I'm thinking now. We say this is the Lions, but this is also the Eagles. They're not a good team. So why should it be so easy? Why should we think it's a guarantee to beat the Lions? This is a team with that had two wins going into this game. They're not good. What? Uh, they're at the bottom of the league. The Eagles are. Um. Where did do we have an imagination that this team is good enough to just cruise through Detroit? No, and so, that's my thing. I, didn't, I was I, I tell you right now, I wouldn't be surprised if we lost that game. Right, like we like 
I, Max, it was me and you last week, and I and I went into that to that game saying that the Eagles are going to lose. Now the they lines didn't. are better than the record. They I are, that. they, and that's really the, come out they are, right, right? And that's the thing. There was no fight in them. It's like they just laid down and that's they just gave point. up. So that's why going forward with this Eagles team at three and five, you hear people saying, "Oh, they're only one game out of a playoff spot. They're only one game out of a playoff spot." But and you're telling me people are calling in WIP when you're there as a producer saying, "You know." We're revved up about this season now. We got rejuvenated. Oh, there's a, there's a couple callers. how it is. A smart fan would say to themselves, the talent on this team is still lacking. Right. That's the problem the with this fan base. We talk about going into the season. We're on the show saying it's a rebuild, but also we were on here saying that they were going to get over nine wins. Yeah. No, no, we're on track so, almost. I mean, we, we got the Raiders right. game wrong. You understand but. there's going to be some rebuilding. You go in, first game of the season, they beat the Falcons, basically throwing a parade. On Broad Street, saying, oh, "Never mind, yeah. this team's good." Jalen Hurts, best quarterback ever. Um, and I'm like, everybody, just calm down. Right, let's relax. And then those games happen. Now people are somehow realizing that this is not a good football team. This is this is what we expected. Yeah. And yes. every season, uh, listen, Cowboys are making the playoffs. Yeah, better oh, team. They're gonna they're gonna represent the NFC. They're winning the division. And they're going to host have a home playoff game. It's because of that. The Eagles just don't have what the Cowboys have in so many different areas of the field. We're I'm sick of this. Just explosive offensive weapons. Their defense good enough to just drop Jalen Smith uh, because they have so many linebackers. Zach Prescott banged up, but when he's on the field, he's dynamic. They win with Cooper Rush. Rush. Yeah, yeah. Go figure. I had that as a loss. I'm saying to myself, all right, this is the Vikings' opportunity to kind of get themselves back into the Cowboys playoff love picture. Of yeah. red-headed backup quarterbacks. My buddy actually bet 350 uh, on the Vikings to win the game uh, with Cooper Rush at QB right before Yikes. the game started. And uh, it was like, come on, man. You know how Kirk Cousins is in these primetime games. What does he have, one win? First like, of all, Kirk, uh, Kirk Cousins, I'm not a fan of Kirk Cousins. Right. I, I've never been a fan of Kirk Cousins. He's a middle-of-the-pack guy. He yeah, he's a middle-of-the-pack. I never trusted him in the I, clutch. I'm surprised he's still on the Vikings. That's what I'm saying. They've been trying to get rid of him, but because of the, so much money they got invested into him, they can't just you know erase him from the books. It's not easy. Vikings defense was trying to hang in there, trying to hang in there as best they could, but they really didn't have a great game. It, they didn't. I mean, I, early on, it was low scoring. So you look at the stat sheet, and you're like, okay, they kept it close early on with a low score in the first half. But then that second half came, and it was just like, especially towards the end, that last patch, the last catch by Amari Cooper um, in the back of the end zone, um, that, that really padded the stats for Cooper Rush. And Amari Cooper telling everyone watching the game, I'm still here. I'm still the top guy in Dallas. You talk about C.D. Lamb yeah. all you want, but I'm, I'm I'm the guy. I agree with him, too. Eight catches, 122 yards, and a touchdown, even though C.D. himself had 115 yards, I believe. But yeah. um, so, yeah, so back on track. I think he's just been hindered with the that. rib injury. The wrist has been banged up for him, but he looked healthy. But that's the reason so, why everybody questions Amari Cooper's rank amongst the wide receivers for the Cowboys. How the hell did we get to talking about the goddamn Cowboys? Well, anyway. We're talking about the vision here, but we'll loop it around back to the Eagles. But, and uh, before you go, T, yeah. uh, because I think we're more on, on defense um, for the rest of this conversation. But offensively, uh, Max, I know you want to get into Miles Sanders – um, going in the Raiders game and then how different the offensive ran. Mm-hmm. Um, Thank in, you for saying that, though, so I didn't have to say So it. you well, open it up, and then I have I have a comment about that. Well, I Uh-oh. just I want to say this because it's, it's a true topic that I'm passionate about. Um, 
Miles Sanders, for what he is as himself, I mean, talented running back, I'm not taking that away from him. Mm. I just don't think he's as good as everybody else said, and it's clear, or everybody else has said, it's clear when Jordan Howard came there as a bigger, more physical back, which I mentioned how many damn times I've been saying we need to get somebody like that LeGarrette Blunt role. You're not the only one that's been LeGarrette saying that. Blunt role. Where's that been at? Super Bowl. I, two, three weeks ago, I sat here. We talked. We sat round table. We talked about the Eagles running situation. I said, look at Corey Clement Super Bowl year. I said, look at LeGarrette Blunt Super Bowl year. I said, look at Jay Ajayi stepping in in that trade Super Bowl year. I remember we were all in high school. or t- Maybe you weren't, but we were in high school, Tanner, you and I, and we were on our phones. We got this update with Jay, Jay Ajayi. What the hell are you calling old? And jump across his table and jump right like, now. That's what Eagles, Eagles get JHI for like a fourth or fifth round pick or whatever it was. And I was like, wow, that's a hell of a trade right there. Like, we just bolstered yeah. that rim. So, those three guys in rotation are fine. You see Jordan Howard come out off the. First of all, Jordan Howard being on the practice squad is a clear example of the Eagles coaches not knowing their own talent. Yeah. That dude should either, one, been picked up by a different NFL team, or two, made the opening day roster. I think we agree he should have well, made Matt, the opening day roster. I agree. I really like Jordan Howard, and I think it was a mistake to um, to have him just on the practice He's a squad. Big I thought guy. he was going to get stolen. Goal line. Yeah, but why wouldn't you compare having Jordan Howard and Miles Sanders on the team to that Super Bowl season with Legarrette Blunt and JJ? My thing, and I've always said this about Miles, I don't, it, it's not that Miles is not talented. Miles is a home run hitter. The issue is Miles always goes for the home run instead of picking and choosing when to go for the home run or not. And I think that's the reason why you kind of seen a little bit more success with the run game, even against the Lions, because in, in, with Boston Scott, because Boston Scott, though a smaller running back, though an elusive running back, he's still going to hit that hole where it's there. Miles Sanders is still going to dance. Here's Miles Sanders would have had a big game if you played. In- Here's my I issue. think so, Here's yeah. My, I just don't think Miles Sanders is, is built to be a true stud running back physically. I think Boston Scott, although he's smaller in stature, that he's thicker. He, he's he's just more physical. He's more physically fit and more physical in games when it comes to running the football. Jordan Howard clearly is a bigger, stronger running back. That's another reason why I think Gainwell's struggling because his stature, his pass catching ability is there. Don't get Gainwell, but he can't. You know, he first of all, he's not getting used. He's not getting used. I think he's got talent. He's just not getting used. Obviously, he's not going to be a true workhorse where you're giving him a three down roll. He's not built that way. He's a scat back. But I think he's got talent, but he's just not getting used enough. Miles Sanders, he's getting used a ton. But, I mean, you look at we always made the excuses. Oh, the offensive line wasn't blocking it. Oh, the play calling was terrible. He's just getting halfback dives up the gut, of the gut, like we're playing Madden. But when we're calling this stuff and calling plays on the on the goal line, red zone situations, even in midfield, Boston Scott had a couple of real nice solid runs, outside pitches and whatnot, really hitting the corner well. Um, that's one of the reasons why I just think that combination fits better. And it's weird me saying that because – I'm not sitting here saying I'm a great major Boston Scott fan. I mean, hell, the guy wasn't playing for how many weeks while Sanders was in game while we're both healthy and playing, uh, well, playing it, every well, snap. Well, you just hit on one of the things that I was about to say, and the thing of it is, Gainwell ha- has not developed the skill yet of being able to run, you know, in the As gut. A running back. I mean, he was he, uh, he, he does not have that skill of running through the middle just right. yet. He's very well. He he runs very well going outside. That's his thing. Get and him into the as open a receiver field. Too, he's great. Correct. That's why he's good as a receiver because that's where his game is right. for now. Now he just needs to learn how to read those holes, read where the hole is being developed, and then gashing through that hole. That's where I think should he develop that. That's when he's going to become a complete back. But I cannot say right now that Kenny Gainwell is better than Miles Sanders. Let me also mention this real quick to both of you guys. You look at this. I don't know a damn thing about being an NFL head coach. I don't know what makes a good one. None of us do. I don't know what makes a good one or a bad one, whatever. I just know that when I'm looking at the TV screen, I see Boston Scott and I see Jordan Howard and I see both of these guys, one, 
didn't have a snap at all, I don't think, through the first six, seven weeks of the season. Then they're forced into action because Sanders gets hurt one and the rushing game hasn't been great. Gainwell's not going to carry the load. And all of a sudden, your rushing attack's doing. Like, that's well, coaching. How the hell do you guys not evaluate the talent that you have on your team? Those guys should been worse. Both made opening day roster. Both been getting these touches all seven weeks. And now, all of a sudden, they, they found it by mistake. Like, if Miles Sanders stays healthy, that, that game, that rushing attack, might not happen against Detroit. Well, it, listen, Miles Sanders doesn't have a clipboard. He's not over there calling plays. The reason this game was so different is because now all three running backs ran the ball in the Vegas game. I believe it was 18 times Correct. altogether. Correct. This this Vegas game, 37 times, Max. Miles Sanders, if he's in this— it was working, game, though, and, they were, and, the, and, and also the, the Lions just weren't scoring a damn point. The reason—so this is, this is my thing with Nick Sirianni. In, in order to open up the field more, you got to start off with a run game, right? I could agree with that. Um, you got to expose that run defense, see what you have there, spread the ball out a little more, something Nick Sirianni doesn't do. He comes out, this is the Vegas game, he comes out, Jalen Hurts finally under center. First drive, successful. All right, we're going we're, we're gonna to mix up the scheme now. I'm going to screw that game plan that worked out so successfully. And it just goes sideways. He's not consistent with coaching. And this doesn't – you can't put blame on Miles Sanders. for. I mean, he's not in the coach's ear. I, well, I don't think. He probably will be eventually. I was saying, about to say, after – give me the ball? Let me run? I'm about to say, after this Detroit game, if he's not in his ear, he's not doing right. his job as nah, a player. Nah, he's going to think it's something personal about him. Right. Why aren't they feeding me the ball? But, Max, you're right. I mean, it was – since it was the Detroit Lions, it was easy to expose that run defense. And then the coaching staff saying, okay, let's just – keep on running the ball it wasn't really a run heavy Jalen Hurts type of type of game no uh Jalen left with the best percentage uh quarterback percentage of the division and it really really didn't have a lot of complaints about Hurts there I mean it was all run game for the most part um so do you guys like seeing that more so or you don't really have to depend on Jalen Hurts as much to execute those throws um, it, it's not like this is the Tennessee Titans we're talking about here. Who is losing out on their big guy King Oof. Henry for that's gonna uh, hurt until the playoffs. That's gonna hurt. I think. I think. I think I saw saw a report that he's out for the season. I don't think it's gonna be out for the season. I think he's coming back in seven. Okay. But um, I, at least I hope. I really like Derrick Henry. But I agree. Th- this Eagles team cannot compare to that. Oh, no, 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 no. They don't even have to pass the ball. This guy can run through people, and when they do, T, they have Julio Jones, AJ Brown. That's the it, you know what Julio to, Jones who can't stay healthy though. Right, this is true. AJ Brown can't really can't really stay healthy either. I agree, but he doesn't need to. He doesn't need to stay healthy. To go with your point, and I completely agree with you. And it was one of the things that I talked about Max off the air, and that was yes, they did it for this week. Hell, in the Las Vegas game, they ran the ball. They had a balanced offense for one fucking series, and they went away from it. That was it. This game, we actually saw some consistency with it. So can I say that there was an improvement based off of what I just said? Yeah, I can honestly say that. But is it going to continue? That's where my question is. Now, you to answer your question about whether this is good for Jalen Hurts or not, and you know, going forward, if it gain if it if it puts confidence in him, then yes. It's a good thing for him. Yeah, it's a bad thing for the right receivers. We don't really have any good wide receivers. Not really. I mean, shoot, now Devontae Smith is getting the drops. 
Well, he's in my opinion, he's always had the drops. Uh, watching him in preseason, um, he wasn't dropping. I'm going to say Alabama, though. No, he wasn't I'm there dropping. Say right now, I I wasn't 100 percent set on Devontae Smith uh, when we were talking about the draft. When, when it when it led up to it, I was a little more excited, but um, I, I thought he was going to be overhyped. And although you see shimmer of hopes and highlights uh, of what he can be, I think he will eventually. Uh, as he grows, he he can be as great as Jeremy Macklin was on the Eagles in the 2010s. Yeah, What's he here for? Hey, Tanner, he's here to catch the ball. Don't say that. That's not good enough. Listen, yeah. the, here's the frustrating thing. Look at Jamar Chase. The guy's like a top five receiver in the NFL already. And we're sitting here like Devontae. Well, the difference is Jamar Chase, there was already a, a chemistry between Jamar know, Chase and Joe Burrow. Burrow's a hell of a lot better than Hurts. I get that. I get it. But it's just, it's hard. Like the chemistry was already we built. We had that pick right there. We, had, we traded back. I mean, we could have Jamar Chase. Hey, this is true, but okay. So okay, I talked about this um, Friday night with Sean Bell. So let's who get did, into. Who, no, did, who right. did the Eagles get for that pick? By the way, they got, they traded back with the Dolphins. They got pick twelve, I believe, where Smith was. And what did they get? They got that, something else. That was a part of the Miami the Miami draft pick that's, that we're going to get this year. This year, the first yeah. round pick. Yes. Okay. All right. So let's get into that a little bit. You say that maybe we should have stayed right there and drafted Jamar Chase. Yeah. Okay. Here's the thing. Who's going to develop Jamar Chase? That's the thing. That's the difference. I don't know. There is no. There's no development. Your head coach T is a wide receiver coach. But but do you see the receiver stepping up? Does he look like he needs to be coached? He looks like. I mean, he steps out on the field and he just he's dominant immediately. But that. But once again, that goes still goes back to coaching. Playing in the NFL and playing in college is two entirely different animals. Ain't no way. I don't care. I don't care how good you were in college. Ain't no way in hell you're going to step forth in the NFL and think. You're not going to be coached. Let me ask this question then. Would you rather have stayed there and picked Jamar Chase, just been walked away with a stud wide receiver, or made the trade, get Devontae, and had the first-round pick this year? I think we still got the better end of the deal because, once again, I'm going to say this. Jamar Chase is getting coached up well. Not only that, there's a veteran presence around Jamar Chase. There are veteran wide receivers on that Bengals team to help him out and to guide him. That's the thing. There's no OG veterans in that wide receiver room. There's only one, and that's Greg Ward. What has he accomplished? Let's be honest well, here. Nice player, but what has he accomplished? Here's where, I, here's where I slightly disagree. You have T. Higgins, who's the same year as Jamar. I mean, one year removed. I mean, he's basically a, a puppy, too, and he's also a just ridiculous stud. But T. Higgins, right. You just said it. T. Higgins is actually good. Yeah. Okay, well, Jalen so Rager was can't, considered a bust right. by the time. But you can't sit here and be like, oh, T. Higgins is good and Jamar Chase is learning because T. Higgins is so good. Like, Jamar Chase could just step on the field and be great, too. That's my thing. What do you? What about you, Tanner? Do you like the trade, or do you, would you rather just you know plug and play Jamar I like Chase? It. I like it because of the draft pick. Yeah, but here's the thing: my, my where I disagree as well on, on both of you guys. Howie Roseman can't draft. I mean, this is, is true. What is good for for a first round draft pick if Howie Roseman's not going to hit on any of the draft picks? If so you tell me he's going to get some help this year, you know we're going to bring in a draft expert, help him in the war room on draft night. He knows what he's doing. Okay, I feel like okay, maybe I know Joe Douglas wasn't really that great either, but the Jets slightly look like they're competent as a football team now after two years since of, of Joe Douglas being there, I think I probably would stick with Jamar Chase and just give me the plug-and-play stud receiver. It's not as easy as just plug-and-play, Max. He still got coached up. And it's still, for me, it goes back to what is this coaching staff doing? Nick Sirianni is a wide receivers coach. So why haven't I seen improvement from Jalen Rager? All right, so I'm, I'm what I'm saying here is how much can you bank – even if Sirianni was a great coach, 
how much can, of, of him being a great coach and teaching Devontae Smith would propel Devontae Smith with the Bengals coaches compared to Jamar Chase and what he's dealing with? I still think even if Sirianna was just a very good coach and grooming Smith, hell, Smith would be doing a lot better than what he's doing now, but he'll never get to the level where Jamar Chase is based on Chase being better, more talent, bigger, faster, stronger, and also just having that connection with Burrow and the receiver coaches and all that stuff in Cincinnati. I also can't say that because Jamar Chase is a different wide receiver than Devontae Smith. They're both deep threat guys. Devontae Smith isn't necessarily a deep threat. He works in between. He he's, he's like an outside wide receiver who usually is going to run deep routes. He's if I were to guy. if I were to compare him to someone, I would compare him to Amari Cooper in terms of Amari Cooper's not a deep threat, but he's going to attack you short. He's a very very excellent route runner. He can get open on his own, but you ask Amari Cooper to go deep, he doesn't do it too often. He does it, but he doesn't do it too often. That's not like he who did he it is more in Oakland. He was asked to do it more in Oakland. But now once they got CD involved the last two years, he hasn't really been that deep threat. But I'm not saying. But even before CD, he was still wasn't really a deep threat. They still had, um, what's the other right receiver I'm thinking about for the Cowboys right now? They're the second right receiver. Not CD. Not um, CD. You're talking about the, oh, Michael Gallup. Yeah. They had Michael Gallup as the speed guy. Okay. That's the thing. It, I, I know, I, and I hear what you're saying about in terms of pure talent and size and things of that nature. And all that, all that stuff is a factor. All right. But I look at it the way Tanner kind of looked at it, and that is we got another first-round draft pick out of it, and we still got a really good wide receiver. It's just going to take him time to develop. Some players – and listen, that's another thing. We get so impatient with these players that we want instant impact right now, and if we don't get it as fans, as coaches, we get frustrated. Some players just need time to develop. Why why, Why do we always get stuck with the time to develop, guys? Why can't we just get a guy that goes out there and is dominant day one? It. It's just the way the draft went, Max. I, I can't really Tanner, answer that. Tanner, say something. I mean, this just shows. And, and first of all, none of this matters if you don't have a uh, a good quarterback. I know, agree with that. It's adjusted with his franchise. I completely agree with that. that. You can say there is our guy, which this team has struggled with the last few years. But you guys are both still buying the hurts as a franchise guy. I'm I not. I can't evaluate him because of what this coaching staff has, the situations this coaching staff has put him in throughout the course of this year. I can't fully evaluate him. Do I think he needs to improve? Hell yes. There's some there's some throws out there, NFL throws, that I know NFL quarterbacks can make that he hasn't, that he's overthrown, that he's underthrown. But I'm not going to nitpick and pick on every single fucking throw that he does. Oh, that pass was a little underthrown, even though it was dropped. No. Guess what? That, that wide receiver is an NFL wide receiver. He should have caught that ball too. Peyton Manning never threw a perfect pass every time. Tom Brady doesn't throw a perfect pass all the time. We don't nitpick on those passes. I think what's going on is considering how Carson Wentz's exit was, um, how that season was sort of in limbo, wasn't successful. It's sort of on Jalen Hurts in a way where people are more critical of him because they want the Eagles to turn around so much more quickly as where Carson Wentz had time to adjust really had time to get comfortable with the team. They had a better coach. All right, if Doug Peterson's the coach in Philadelphia, still Jalen Hurts becomes a, a better quarterback. That's just my opinion. Um, you can pair their first 11 starts, and I, I sent this to you guys. You did. I saw that. Um, first 11 starts, Carson Wentz, 11 touchdowns, 8 interceptions. Jalen Hurts, 15 touchdowns, 7 interceptions. And Jalen Hurts, more yards. Um, we can go into the rushing game. Jalen Hurts just clears Carson Wentz well, on yeah. that board. We only had to bring um, that up. But in total, 
Jalen Hurts is bringing 23 touchdowns, and this is last week, so so more. 23 touchdowns, um, 10 turnovers, over 3,100 yards. Carson Wentz, 12 touchdowns, 10 turnovers, um, 2,500 yards. And this is currently um, this year, those stats. Yeah, that's, that's set in stone because that's comparing their first 11 starts. Oh, their 11 starts, okay. So, and uh, Jalen Hurts, I do believe, can develop to be the franchise quarterback, Max. But this all depends on what they're going to do. Are they going to give Jalen? Is Howie Roseman, a guy who I think should not have a job on this Eagles team, still people, it's crazy because he makes one move and people just forgive him. Um, he's off the board. Um, he's forgiven. So you think they should get a new GM? You think he should have been a clear sweep? Yes. Doug Peterson. If you're going to get rid of Doug, if you're going to get rid of Carson, hell yeah, get rid of Howie too. Right. Because Jimmy it was, Schwartz left, Doug Peterson left, Howie Roseman stayed. Because everything stemmed from Howie Roseman and the drafting of Jalen Hurts. That's where all of this stemmed from. You didn't talk to Carson about drafting Jalen Hurts. You draft a quarterback in the second round, in the back of my mind, I don't care. I'm still going to think about that for a second. Like, no. am I really replaceable? It's crazy. We're still talking about how Howie Roseman can save his reputation. It's already done for me personally because you have Howie Roseman, a guy who supposedly didn't tell Carson Wentz about the Eagles drafting Jalen Hurts, whether that's because they saw Jalen Hurts on the board still and just wanted to grab him. Jalen Hurts... I think it was treated unfairly when he when he's on the Eagles. I agree. Talking about how Eurism's already talking about what quarterback they're going to draft in that yes. in the last draft. Yes, I um, agree. What was it? Who was it? Zach Wilson. Who who were they talking about drafting? Um, they were talking about drafting Zach Wilson. Um, who else was involved? There was a there was a couple rumors about Justin Fields as well. Justin Fields, right? How Eurism behind closed doors talking about how they were going to trade up get Justin Fields. Um, on the team, and, and it's just he's inconsistent. He keeps trying to fix his mistakes by making more mistakes and prolonging his exit um, because then you have to say, oh, we'll, we'll sit and wait and see how Jalen Hurts turns out. If he doesn't turn successful, he drafted another quarterback, and we'll see how he turns out. It's just a whole mess. And now instead of hopefully Jalen Hurts is successful at the end of the season, he does well then the team can build around him. I agree. With three draft picks because you have Carson Wentz hopefully staying healthy, playing 75% of the snaps, which it's trending towards. They, I don't know if they'll make the playoffs. No. Uh, so he's terrible, though. They might. I'm like, with with Derrick Henry out. It just they, might have opened up the uh, the playing field for the Colts. Yeah. I will say this, though. Carson Wentz, it, heck, he does not learn at what all. ugly interception. How the hell do you throw a left-handed interception, dude? Just take the freaking sack. That's literally what I said. I said, damn, that is classic Carson Wentz. Vintage Carson Wentz. Trying to play hero ball. And then you throw into triple coverage in overtime when you have literally two players in the flat that you could have thrown to, but you're going for the home run. He's playing hero ball out there, too. Balls to the wall. I think Carson Wentz is allergic to football. (laughs) (laughs) I wanted wanted, because you guys just you guys just shit on Howie Roseman and rightfully so in some cases. But here's my thing: see, we had this conversation last week. I mentioned now he's good with trading for the most part. And I know as a fan's perspective, I'd rather have Jamar Chase. But from a GM's perspective, 
I do think, you see what you're doing though? This is what I'm talking about. Uh, my thing is, it's a, a month ago you were crapping on Howie Roseman, and now you're trying to rightfully find the, so in some situations. Right. But my thing is, he does some things well. Like he's not just a complete jackass. Like his drafting is atrocious. I understand his drafting sucks and it's been terrible. Yes, it has. Like I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna disagree with that. But he's still an NFL general manager, and he's still in the previously one made good decisions when it comes to trading, gathering assets, and whatnot. He used to be, he's, let's say this, Super Bowl year, mm. he made some good decisions with cap space and whatnot. He made some good short-term contracts. Like Chris Long came in here, it was a good contract signing. He's signing these some guys. Now it's been, you know, kicking the can down the road a little bit with these contracts. Fletcher Cox obviously signing him, looks to be a bad one. It's a horrible contract. But, like, we'll see. Like, Zach Ertz back in the summer, nobody even wanted him. He just grabbed the fifth-round pick for him. Joe Flacco, who shouldn't even have been signed in the first place, a possible fifth-round pick we just got back for a guy who shouldn't even be playing in the NFL. Yeah, he possible. does some things well. Mike White's going to keep that job. he's got problems drafting, which is yeah. why I think, and I mentioned this on the last show, he needs somebody to go hand-in-hand hand with him in the draft process and making decisions during draft night. I refuse to get Howie, Scouting. I refuse to get Howie Roseman's back. I'm sorry, but Max, you just need to. Shut the F up for life. I'm not, I just I'm, gave you I'm, like three or four <laughs> solid points. You can't just say – you can't just be like and blow all that off. Like, you, like all that stuff ahead, I just see. mentioned – he wants a, a word fight. All, Let's hear all, it. All that stuff I just mentioned <laughs> is great points about Howie Rosen. Like the Super Bowl, the co- short-term contracts and whatnot that he's done. Yeah, okay, he gave Fletcher too much money. But the trading of what he's done as far as lately, he's made some decent moves. I mean, we talked about this in the summertime. Like Nobody wanted Zach Ertz. Everybody was like, June 1st is a deadline. June 1st is a deadline. Oh, Zach Ertz is going to be here. He's coming, showing up. Uh, shorts inside out. Nobody wants him. He's not really buying into the Philly culture anymore. Blonde hair. Blonde hair. <laughs> and... Mid-season, he grabs a touchdown pass against the Buccaneers, and he's wait. He was waiting, waiting, waiting. Was patient and snagged a fifth-round pick from a team that lost Max Williams, a tight end from the Cardinals, team that has title aspirations in Arizona, and just grabbed a fifth rounder off him. I think he makes some good decisions. He just drafting is a is a problem. We all know that. But drafting is the reason why we're the Philadelphia Eagles are currently in a situation that we're in. Drafting is the reason why we're stuck with Jalen Rager instead of Justin Jefferson. Drafting is the reason why. But somehow, in some way, our thing of White Sox keeps getting injured, even though he's not doing a damn thing on Sundays. I agree. But instead, DK Metcalf is, cut, is catching touchdowns for the Seattle Seahawks. You need to give him some support, though. You can't just have, I, I know, like, there's some support. General, there's what some, support, Max? There's some general managers in the league that can that are just great. They 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 do X, Y, and Z, and they get all they hit home runs on all three phases of being a GM or whatnot. Others, no, it's not the same. Howard Roseman is not just a one out, outlier in the league where oh he just can't draft. I'm sure there's other teams that we actually sat here. I know we're running out of time. And look through the general managers in the league. Oh, that well, that look at the look at the drafting of, of the fucking Texans for the last like seven years. You look at that like, oh well, they they drafted like for them. It wasn't drafting. It was you allowed a college coach to get rid of your whole damn team. Doesn't look like they will be getting rid of Deshaun Watson though. Yeah, I was just about to say look that. Josie Anderson reported another, that. another example of a trade Howard Roseman pulled off, getting possibly having three total first round picks for Carson Wentz right. in a well, trade where we didn't like. We how many how many times have we still have a pot and say no one's paying one hundred seventy million dollars? You might not even get a first rounder, maybe not even a second rounder. And if you get a second rounder, we just get one second rounder. Then he pulled off this trade and get a first round pick. Remember when that trade happened? Though I believe our first remarks were that's it. Yeah, on our reaction video. Yep, that was, yeah because that was really that was pretty much what all of us expected we were going to get. Hell, honestly, the Colts the Colts can be complete assholes and. Go towards the end of the season, not make the playoffs, start benching Wentz and save that first well, round draft pick. No, I don't. I, I, I don't think, know if that's going to happen. Uh, and also, you got to remember the contract and Wentz's deal factored in so much. I think we all expected to get a first round pick. Then it kept drifting on and on and on down the line, and nothing was happening. So we were like, "Wow, we're 
hearing all the reports, are we even going to get a first-round pick? Now, Adam Schefter's reporting maybe a second-round pick. And then when we grabbed the first-round pick, I think expectations were just like, all right. But originally, that's kind of what we expected to. I think it's just because the can't got kicked down the road with the trade. He needed to be out of changed. town. He, he needed to be yeah. off the Eagles. And it's just the announcement that the trade deadline is in just under an hour. Yep, it's just so under we'll an hour. See what happens then. And like, um, like – uh, Tanner just mentioned um, this. Uh, this I'm looking straight at Jocena Anderson's tweet. The Dolphins are not trading for Deshaun Watson. They are out. A league source told her she was told that the Dolphins owner Stephen Ross wanted the chance to talk to Deshaun Watson, but it was not granted in time. No deal. Adam Schefter was the first one to report it. Deshaun Watson. Nobody's. Go- I'm sorry. Nobody's going to trade. Nobody's going to give you three first round picks, three second round picks for a guy who still is under investigation. It's can just not going to happen. Can we talk about other things in the trade deadline as well? Not really having to do with trades, but guys coming out of retirement. We're talking about Adrian Peterson running back now for the Titans, taking over for Derrick Henry. You have Phillip Rivers. Listen to this. Mm. Phillip Rivers says that he is willing to come back into the NFL, play for the Saints. Wow. Well, he's seven well, minutes ago. Well, he's got a lot of kids. He hasn't heard from the Saints. I was about but, to, I was about to say. Well, Philip Rivers got a lot of kids. There's a lot of mouths to feed. So, I mean, financially, it might be best for him still to come back. Strong enough back to play. In the <laughs> Is that back still strong at this well, point? I'll tell you what. Check and see if he had another kid. What they had? Uh, <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> all right. Uh, One on would the you, have, you have a, a team that's the Saints who, listen, they just they pulled off a very solid. He needs to learn how to wrap that thing up. you got to make a, a decision. I mean, Taysom Hill going to come in here and be your, your guy going forward? You're trying to make the playoffs. I don't think so. Phillip Rivers coming back? We'll see. It's going to be a lot of heavy load, though, on Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara in a rushing attack because Rivers is basically a grandpa and mobile like Big Ben. Uh, yeah, he is a grandpa in mobile, but Philip Rivers is still better than what you currently have right now. Yeah, all right for New Orleans. I, I want to transition real quick. I know we're running out of time. Let's all talk right. Sixers. Sixers off to a great start so far this season. I yes. know they've Embiid's injury is still. I mean, listen. My thing is seven games into the season, and he's questionable every night. That's an issue for me. Uh, but nonetheless, they're they're off to a great start. Um, they lost that Nets game. Second game of the year it was tough at home. They really just blew that. But. Um, what I look for is road record so far. Very impressive road record. Um, I know they've only played three, but winning those first two and just taking care of business. That's the thing early on in the NBA season, taking care of business, beating you know shitty teams like the Thunder in the middle of October on a Wednesday night that no one cares about. Just, you know what I mean? Take care of those bit. I, know, I think it was Sunday night, actually, but take that, that whole, it was an example. The whole point is take care of business early on against these shitty teams like the Pistons. Just plow through them. Uh, the thing I liked, too, was Embiid, Harris, both rested the other night. Yes. Still pulled out the win against Portland, who's a good team. I agree. Um, so stuff like that you love to see, and uh, we'll see, we'll still see what happens with the Ben Simmons trade, and when it comes, it comes. But the main thing for me is Embiid's just something. I just don't like that he's questionable every night. Like, why didn't he just get the meniscus surgery in the offseason? That bothers me, and I just hope it doesn't derail the season. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, Tan, I believe he was told that it could heal on its own if he allowed it, if he just rested. Right, if he rested. But what are we talking about here? Is he going to miss two games in a row every well, the MRI Every said no week. structural damage, but I agree with you. Like, they, they said, Doc Rivers, in his own words, it was a rest night automatically for Joel Embiid. They look at the schedule a month in advance, and they pick nights that he's going to sit, and he he's, said that the plan is going well so far, according to plan, he said. I, I, I'm curious to see how this is going to change heading into when they're making a playoff push um, because this team cannot be successful. We don't know what's going to happen with Ben Simmons, but 
Clothes if you are, have Ben, if you have are. Ben Simmons <laughs> on the bench not playing, Joel Embiid resting, uh, that puts a lot Tobias of weight Harris on those health guys. and safety protocols. By the right, way, right, right. Yeah. But go, going into future uh, of the season, if both of those guys are not playing on this court, this team is without two stars on the court. And my thing with Ben Simmons is the Sixers really just they handled the situation, um, not in a smart way, in my opinion, because you have Ben Simmons unhappy with the team already mentioned it in that post game presser and game seven of the Atlanta Hawks that he did not want to be on the Sixers anymore, basically right after that press conference. And then he shouldn't have signed that big ass contract in the beginning of that season. Well, Yeah, but this came after T. This is true. But the Sixers thought they were going to be able to turn things around, have Ben Simmons playing comfortably uh, game one of this season. Hasn't worked out. Daryl Morey, which is ridiculous, said that he's willing to wait out, what, four years? This, that's not going to happen. Um, now they have a star not playing, wasting away money, instead of replacing Ben Simmons with another decent star, I'm not putting even, him on the court, and having this team, distractions aside, playing and winning games. You must still have some love for Ben Simmons because I, I don't, don't even consider him see, a I star. I don't know. Well, you guys start okay, pitching each other, all right? I'm sick I of refuse. Ben Simmons is a star. Ben whether Simmons, you like it or not. Ben Simmons is a big-ass point guard, defending point guard who can't shoot a damn ball. But he's a star. Ben Simmons is a star. We've made him See, into a star. He's been on posters on walls. He's on kids' binders. He's, he's a star. He's an all-star. Okay, what comes after all, T? <laughs> this guy's an all-star. He's a star, whether we like it or not. I don't like Ben Simmons, <laughs> Mr. Softy. I, we have already went through this. But Doc Rivers has said that he, whether this is making his market price go up, I don't know, that this is the most shooting he's seen Ben Simmons do in practice. It, it could be all Ooh. cap. You know how Doc Rivers. I don't know if Doc Rivers has. He's shooting in practice again. Holy shit. On ben Simmons. Sound the alarm, but people. The situation has gone overboard. It, it, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's been for a while. It has been for a while. But once again, like. The, ben Simmons is a star. But both way. individuals put themselves in this situation. I'm sorry. They just have. Like, okay, Ben Simmons, you put yourself in this situation by not bettering yourself and acting like a complete child in the offseason. Sixers, you had the opportunity to trade for James Harden at the trade deadline, but you didn't want to get rid of a couple players. Which, by the way, the one player that was involved in that trade, Tyrese Maxey is balling right now. Don't put him in a trade. Yeah. Don't put him in a trade. So you think it was Thibel. smart? Don't put Thibel in you a trade. You think it was smart to pass on James Harden because you wanted to keep Tyrese Maxey? I mean, the way, the way, well, the way James Harden is playing right now currently, what, we're like five, six games the, in. Right, he's struggling with the new fouls. Yeah. And, like, he, it's not, he's not the same player right now, so he's going to have to figure it out. Yeah. Will he figure it out? Will remains to be what, seen. He'll figure it out before Ben Simmons figures out <laughs> shooting a three. You know what, that's true. And also, you also have to mention the Kyle Lowry trade where, you know, you could include Thibel, Maxey, blah, blah, for Lowry the nah, deal. That deadline. Wouldn't, nah, that wouldn't have worked. That me. was never going to happen. Thibel's been an absolute menace defensively. Yes, he has. This dude just absolutely. Block the hell I love out how of young this race. team is. I, I agree. That. And the energy that they Cork bring. Maz has nights where he looks great, and the nights where he's useless. Same old Cork Maz. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah that's looks like he's developing a little bit. You know what? You've never been a fan of Cork He's Maz. developing he's a little bit. I'll give him credit. He's had solid performances this year when he's asked to play a bigger role. I'll tell he's you, still a bench guy. I'll tell you what, though. If yeah, well, he, yeah, he's a bench guy. I'm not saying he's yeah, a he's starter. Fine. If Thibel develops a three, oh, my God, he is going to be a problem. Yeah, three and D, like a, like the next Robert Covington, only maybe better. Yes, like I I have high hopes for Thibault. I, I truly do. 
I, I love that guy. I love the energy that he but brings. But going back to your point with the James Harden trade with X amount of picks and the maxi deal, I still probably pull the trigger on that. Really? I mean, you got yeah, Harden. You got and, Isaiah Joe now too. So yeah, he's been, I mean, yeah. He's again. He still needs time to develop. I get that, but but I, I personally, I, I still would have pulled the trigger on a harder deal. But because right now we just need that closer. We need that next other star. And I agree with Ben you. Simmons and Maxi in that trade. One, you're getting rid of a problem in itself with Ben Simmons. I know you're giving up a promising guard and Maxi, but your title to win, your your window to win right now is with Embiid in his prime, and you got to go out there and do it. That's why I think something's going to go down before this trade deadline happens. I think. And Daryl Morey will recognize that and make Slash the trade. Season. Well, the only the only way something's going to go down is if Ben Simmons plays. He is going to play a game for the Sixers. He has to. This season. He will wear a Sixers uniform. Stamp it right now. That's the only way you're going to be able to move him. And he knows that. Ben Simmons knows that. He wasn't repping those City Edition uniforms. Yeah, so you're telling me, when is it coming, though? I don't know when. But eventually, wait, wait, they, but they I guess estimation. I guess whenever he gets his head back, back together again, well, I think I think his head's fine. We bullshitting around with this thing where he's talking about mental health, and I don't want to joke with it, but you never know what direction it's going with him. I mean, you you have all he's doing X, Y, and Z to just make sure he gets money, but not play. You think so this could you have to believe be him with the mental health problems, and and I don't joke with that at all. But at the same time, if we had to make a, an, an estimation of when you think he could come back. It's got to obviously be before the trade deadline one, which I don't know when exactly it is, maybe February or late uh, January. But five I, games. One, what I'm saying is I'm not saying they can't wait that long because, like I said, regular season NBA, you just have to grind out. But when it comes to making a big splash, it might all be about timing. Maybe a star gets hurt. Maybe, you know, you, you, you get to a point in the season where it's like we know where our team is solid where it is. It's not like we're struggling where – Going forward, we might not even make the playoffs because some people are saying, oh, we're going to be the fifth, sixth seed. Like, as long as we're in contention, I think Maury will pull the trigger. I agree with that. All right, let's wrap it up, too. All right, guys. If you guys missed any of this episode, you can always go to philly-experience.simplecast.com, available on all major downloadable platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, the entire Shabazz, and um, I hate Philadelphia sports. Wait, Eagles win? Eagles win this week? Uh, No. I don't think so either. No, they don't win. I don't know what we have our prediction, yeah, predictions we, on, but I think uh, I feel I'm, like I'm, we, I might have a win, but I'm, I, I I gotta have them at a loss. This is the Los Angeles Chargers. I mean, sure they have the the worst rush pass rushing defense in the NFL, but our right, still it, that power that they, they lost to the Patriots. But hey, so. Nick Sirianni knows what's going on over there, though. Mm. You buying into that? No, no, I don't think so. I'd rather grow a flower and fertilize it uh, and let it grow. You dumbass. Cause that guy doesn't know yeah. what the hell he's doing. Get the f out! Shut the F up for life. We're going backwards, damn it. Let's go.